When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Auburn Live Show, Recruiting Edition, also known as the Shriveled Pod. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor of Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member of that site, you should be, uh, because we've got a lot of scoop over there. Got a lot of intel, got a lot of uh, content, a lot of recruiting stuff, both football and basketball. And uh, joined today by a guy who knows more than anybody on this subject, Mr. Cole Pinkston. Cole, how the hell are you, buddy? And I'm doing great. Doing great. Had to change the location a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, you're missing the green screen, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to make adjustments. You know green what I mean? Wall. What are you adjusting to? Oh, I, I just had to, uh, you know, have my kid with me, so I had to make some adjustments there. But your, your baby here. goat, that's right. Which I mean, you know, he could be on the show too, but uh, he probably won't cooperate that well. So we're gonna try to keep him out of it for now. Well, if you are listening, you probably recognize that somebody's missing, Mister J Head, who will be with us shortly. Yes. He'll be here shortly, folks, so just hang on for Mr. J-Head. But until he gets here, we've got a lot to talk about today, Cole. We want to go ahead and get started. For those of you listening, we are recording on Thursday afternoon. You're probably listening to this on Friday, so keep that in mind moving forward. Today, Auburn now has two commitments. Big, big, big commitment earlier this week from a four-star. He's listed as a linebacker, but Auburn's recruiting him to play safety four-star Terrence Love. Cole, what do you think? Well, uh, I've been saying for a while that this was a guy um, that could probably make something official. Well, we've been saying for a while that he could probably go official soon. And uh, he was not wanting to wait any longer. He went ahead and made another visit after he'd visited a bunch of times and and said, all right, let's do this. So that was big. and, And and if you ask anybody on Auburn staff, that was one of the big ones. That was one of the oh, – yeah. definitely one of the top targets on the board, regardless of position. He's just uh, – man, he's he's big. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. Uh, his highlight tape is, is a lot of fun to watch. You know, he's got the one-handed catches and all that kind of stuff going on. So, just one of those athletes that could actually fit some different places, but um, you get him on board – doesn't matter. You don't think too hard about that one. Well, it's big because he's a great, great athlete. He's also a really great person. And um, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, but from everything we know about Auburn's recruiting, and especially at Langston Hughes High School, where there's several other prospects, uh, to get a guy like Terrence Love in the boat, you know, we, we we thought it might be Josh Horton that popped first, and we'll get yeah. to him in a minute. But and, and I tell you this, Cole, I, I thought one of the more interesting co- quotes that Terrence Love had was to Jeremy Johnson on three's Jeremy Johnson. I think it was on Wednesday. He was talking about his Auburn commitment. And he said, 
I've known for a few weeks. That's where I wanted. That's why I wanted to take a visit because I wanted to go do it while I was on campus. And you know, if you'll remember, um, we all thought he was going to commit on yeah. Big Junior Day. Hey, there he is. Hey, what's up, fellas? Welcome in, big dog. Yeah. All right. Hey, not bad, man. Not bad. You're on yeah, J head not- time. <laughs> no, we are. Yeah, we are on J-Head time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Have we already started? We have started J-Head, but we're on our first topic, Mr. Terrence Love. You ever might have heard of him? May or may not have. Yep. So, well, we were talking about Terrence Love being the first of the Langston Hughes to commit. I also thought it was interesting that he told Jeremy Johnson that he wanted to do this a couple of weeks ago. And I think uh, on that big junior day for Auburn, we were all expecting Terrence Love to commit. And I think I actually said, hey, holler back out on Sunday, you know, when everybody was wanting a commitment. And he didn't do it. And I was going, well, damn, you know, maybe these guys are all, like, taking a wait-and-see approach. But then he just kind of came out of nowhere after a day game and went ahead and committed. And I didn't even see him there. Did you see him there, Cole? Yes. He, he walked out. Um Got on a golf cart and that was it. Okay. Okay. He, he didn't. He, they. He was in. It looked like he was in a hurry. I said, "We're just going to let him go. We'll, we'll catch him." <laughs> so, but but it, it just goes to show you that he was. He, he said he'd known for a few weeks that Auburn was this was this uh, uh, was this destination. He just wanted to take one more visit to do it while he was on campus. And obviously, he informed the coaches Saturday of his intention to commit. And then I think it was Monday. Was it Monday when he committed? Sunday. It was. Was it Sunday? Well, whatever. Earlier this week, man. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I thought it was big for a lot of reasons, J-Head. And, and Cole was talking about his thoughts on him as a player. Yeah, he's got that great size. He's kind of got that that Chris Frost. I could do a, a lot of different things. He's not probably not as big as Chris Frost, but very athletic guy like that. Yeah. Uh, listed as a safety on, on three, but Auburn's certainly recruiting him to play. Uh, listed as a linebacker. But Auburn's recruiting him to play safety. Your thoughts on T Love? Just a really huge pickup from a momentum standpoint. Um, not only because of the the prospects that are at Langston Hughes, but his popularity within the Atlanta region. Um, really, a kid that's popular with a lot of recruits. A nationally ranked 150 recruit that shows that okay, there's some substance here to this staff. They can they there's a guy that trusts them. That's one of them. And beyond that, when you talk about his skill set on the field, and I think Cole covered this really well, but he's a guy that's going to come in and probably play the nickel slash the star for us, a guy that has the ability to be physical, come down, you know, from the boundary and play that lane, uh, be a real asset in the run game, also has the capability of flipping his hips, being able to run with a tight end or a slot wide receiver or a running back coming out of the backfield. You just don't see guys that are his height at about 6'2", 6'3", and his weight that can run the way he can. And anytime you can add a special athlete of his capability and caliber, um, it, it's a victory. Um, and like I said, not just because of the player, but because of what he brings to the table from a uh, – Auburn needed somebody to believe in, if that makes sense. They yeah. needed somebody to show that there's some trust there within the staff and other recruits, um, specifically a guy of his popularity. So, I mean, it's just big all the way around when you look at every aspect of it. Albert certainly hopes that he is the first domino from that school to fall because you've got four-star offensive tackle, Bo Hughley, who's committed to Georgia, but he told on three earlier this week that he's listening. He continues to listen to Auburn now. You know, he doubled down on his Georgia commitment, but we know how that goes, dude. That just yeah. means Georgia leads in the public eye. 
Um, there you go. Interesting right. to see what happens with him. He's been to Auburn several times, has a great relationship with Will Friend. Joe Bernardi also uh, in, in the same breath with, as Will Friend there with, with a uh, relationship status. And then you've got four-star tight end Jelani Thurman and uh, three-star defense tackle Joshua Horton, who came out Thursday with his top ten. Yes, top ten. Top ten, but he also he prefaced that by commitment soon. And um, Jeremy Johnson also had a story on Horton, and I thought uh, some of the quotes he had on Auburn was was um, very telling. You know, they're high on my, they're high on the list, very high. Um, so the certainly going to be keeping an eye on him. If Auburn were to get Terrence Love and Joshua Horton, then you're thinking, man, you've got the inside track now with Jelani Thurman with Bo Hughley, and let's don't forget about the wide receiver. Isn't there a wide receiver? Robert yeah. Lockhart. There you Lockhart. go, Lockhart. Yeah, yeah. And, and and also Prentice Air Nolan, the the 2024 quarterback who um, is, is definitely a dude to watch. Who visited Auburn? I think last weekend was it Monday? Was yeah, I think it was. Our, it was during the week, wasn't it? Right. It was. It yeah, was I the think, previous week during Monday or Tuesday. Cole, is that right? I think that's when you got a story. Yeah, from him. that's when it was, I believe. So a lot, and, and I think not to. Um, to kind of skip over what Jay had said, that Terrence Love isn't just a Langston Hughes connection, man. He is the Atlanta area is yeah. um, is stacked, and Auburn is definitely recruiting that area, that state, very hard this year. I feel like they kind of got away from it last year. I don't know if it was by design or if it was just like we're taking what we can get at this point because of the COVID year and the new relationships and kind of new to everybody. But certainly this year, Georgia is a high, high priority. And I think after you saw Terrence Love commit, you saw the, uh, the the pipeline memes come from Auburn. The hashtags oh, yeah. from Auburn. They're 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 making the Peach State uh, a top priority for them in this class, and really excited to see where they go from here. Yeah, Jeffrey, it's it's almost like the state of Georgia gets maybe an earlier start than some other states in recruiting because they have so many good prospects there. And last year they were playing catch up, and they said, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna have to go for." guys we think we got a real shot with and it just weren't too many from that state that's just how it played out but now you were getting these guys on campus this whole time you got a whole year under your belt and there's some real progress being made over there and, and Terrence Love is a lot like Damari Austin over there where he's real popular and he can he can help you know being a face for Auburn in that area and you think about the additions to the coaching staff not only the coaching staff but there the you recruiting go. staff and the connections that they have within that state. I mean, I hold on, Jay Head. Hold on. Hang on. What's wrong with your mic? Check one. You got me. You turn. Is there like a knob on there? You kind of sound like Betty Boo. <laughs> <laughs> How about now? Much better. Yeah, you Much got it. Much better. All right. <laughs> so, but you think about the connections that the staff has. Um, obviously, our new player personnel guy, Stephen Ruzik, has contacts throughout the state. Jimmy Brumbaugh is a guy that's recruited the state of Georgia. Yeah. C-Rob has recruited the state of Georgia and is from the Atlanta Norcross area. Yeah. Just a lot. And obviously, Zach has made some inroads there in Atlanta. So, a lot of connections to the state of Georgia, but in addition to the state of Georgia, specifically the city of Atlanta, which is the metropolitan that's got everything that you want. You know what I mean? And, and literally two hours down the road. And I don't think it's just been this past cycle that we missed out, but you think about Gus's last year at the helm during that COVID season. I mean, I think we took one guy from the state of Georgia 
that should never be the case ever. Yeah, and ever. Right. You should never only get one prospect from the state of Georgia. Gus's last class, the they signed one guy from Georgia. One guy. I think it was that kid that was just, just across the state over there in Columbus, the defensive tackle that transferred out to Missouri. Oh, my God. That dude? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ian Matthews. Ian Matthews. I think that was our only prospect from that state. We had banked on landing Trevor Wallace, but that ended up not breaking once T. Will left. Oh, yeah, that's right. Trevor that Wallace. went in a different direction. Was that the so, 20, 21 class? Was that 21? That yes. was the 21. Well, I'll take that back. Joko Willis, but he was a Juco guy. So I don't count him. About, no, I mean. Yeah, he, no, he, he probably doesn't count. Yeah, no, that was it. I'm looking at it right now. That was the only player from the state of Georgia. So you think about two straight cycles where Georgia hasn't been. And, look, I think we landed four or five guys from the state of Georgia, just not specifically from Atlanta. So they put an emphasis on it where that talent is, but they're putting even a bigger emphasis on it this year. And Cole's right. There's just more connections. They've known these kids longer. They've been able to get them on campus. And I'm really excited to see what a kid like Lockhart does during evaluation season. And if he can show that he's healthy, if he's got that speed back, because I really do think we got a chance to land the Fab Five from Langston Hughes. I mean, yeah. I think this could be, as opposed to the Dillard Five, you could be talking about the Langston Hughes yeah. Five, you know, four years down the line if this breaks right. the right way. And by the way, last year's class, they got four guys from the state of Georgia, uh, not counting Zach Calzada, who is originally from Georgia. So, yeah, they're, they're trying to expand on that, I think. I A.D. Ram, Damari, Holden Gurner, and Caleb Wooden. Caleb Wooden. And I'd say every one of those are guys that are uh, probably projected to play and play sure. early within their career. Yeah, yeah. You, it's a pretty good bet. I mean, even if they're sort of down the line as far as the state rankings go in Georgia, that they're going to be, you know, pretty solid. So never a bad idea to go and recruit there. No, no, not at all. Um, but it, I think that speaks probably to the evaluation prowess of the staff. And I don't want to go too far down yeah. this rabbit hole yeah. because – there's other things that we need to talk about, specifically other visitors that were here on campus. But I really hold in high regard how this staff evaluates, and specifically for a kid like uh, for Kobe, not Kobe Wooden, Caleb Wooden, yeah, who's made noise, wasn't a highly rated guy, but made noise all spring about being around the ball, creating turnovers, being physical in the run game. And we did a kid we brought into camp, and there were several other high rated guys that we had in that same camp. I think Emory Floyd was one of those. Yeah. We saw those two side by side, decided, you know what, we like this kid better. Be damn what his rating is. We think he can play at the next level. And you know, it's, it's interesting, J-Head, uh, talking to Caleb. I've got a pretty good relationship with him and, and Damari Alston. Boy, they those two guys just that stand out in my mind as going, look, I, don't, I mean, I, I'll be fine. They have They have the confidence that goes with it. And it's not cockiness. It's confidence. It's I'm ready to go in there and compete. I'm not scared of this. I'm ready to be there. Here's I got a countdown to the day. And that's I'm, what you want. That's the you kind of guys that. they seem to like, you know. I agree. Guys that aren't scared to come in and fight for a position. Guys that are committed to their process. Guys that are committed to their culture that truly want to see, okay, can I? if I lay everything on the line, can I go in here and can I win a spot? Yeah, and, exactly. And there are some guys that just want to go where there's guaranteed playing time. I mean, I think you're seeing that right now with a transfer to Marius Mims who's looking at places where he can go and start right now. Yeah. Look, I'm not trying to knock a kid like that. I mean, there's, there's value in getting on the field. Don't get me wrong. But when you're trying to build a culture, a championship culture, 
competition is a key part of that, and you want guys that aren't scared to compete. That's right. Caleb Wood. I was I was reading Cole's story from last year. He uh, had offers from Georgia Tech, Louisville, and West Virginia, mm-hmm. Duke, Appalachian State, and uh, and this kid. I would I would expect to see him on special teams at the least as a true freshman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I I wrote this the other day too. If you want a good look to the future, usually guys that are on the kickoff team, you know, uh, punt team, kick return, whatever, those are your guys that are doing well in practice, and they needed to find somewhere to put them. In other words, okay, we're not ready to put you out there with with our veteran linebackers yet. Let's put you on special teams and go, you know, go make a play. That's that's kind of how that works in my experience. Absolutely. Well, and from a coaching standpoint, and you've seen it, Cole, if a guy's making plays on special teams, that means the stage is not too big for him. Now, does yeah, he understand exactly. all the concepts and the things that he probably needs to do at his position? Probably not. But when he needs to go make a play and he's going down there and he's not scared to take on, you know what I mean, be that wedge buster, he's not scared to run down the field like his hair is on fire and yeah. make a play in front of 87,000 screaming fans, you know, that says something. Yep. That says something about your willingness to compete. Yep. Hey, so uh, turning the page a little bit, we're sticking with the A-Day theme here. I, I don't want to spend too much time on the A-Day because this is a recruiting show, but I, I will say I, I do. I am in, uh, interested in getting both of your comments, brief comments on what you saw at A-Day, if it means anything to you. Did anybody jump out to you? Uh, some of the highlights, I guess. Cole, lead us off. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've gone back through and watched a lot of it. I thought um, – Watch the quarterbacks real close. It's it's hard to really get a good gauge, but I I like um, I like the way Ashford looks at times. Um, he even threw he threw a couple of errant passes though. Um, T.J. Finley still kind of doing that. Really, the only one to me that didn't throw a bad ball was Holden Gurner. Now the touchdown pass he threw was a little low to Landon King. It was just an unreal catch. Um, over somebody. So I think that's a good sign, too, that you have Landon King making plays like that out there. He's going to be good. Or if he's yeah. not, I mean, he is. He he's going to be as good as we thought he was coming out of high school. He's one of those dudes, right? I agree. Uh, I, I still think he's learning things as far as the receiver position goes and trying to be a tight end, too, a little bit. Uh, but obviously, they just want to give him the ball in, in man on man coverage. It's just, it's just a matchup problem, you know? So, I was watching for that, and and to me, I thought the receivers were better than we had been hearing. I, they didn't have any drops. Um, well, it's Dawson hard to read. Re- oh yeah, Dawson had the one. Okay, Jay Fair had a couple of tough catches. Uh, you know, Xavier Capers made plays after the catch. Uh, just a couple of guys that really looked like they could they could step up. You know, and and. Um, Freshman like Caleb Wooden was was real active. He was all over the place. Uh, Powell Gordon was all over the place. Yeah, Powell sure was. But uh, yeah, I, I could ramble on that for a while. But just some those are just some initial thoughts from it. Jay, hey, what you got, buddy? So from a generic sense, I think what you saw is a team in transition um, that obviously is missing probably some key personnel. But I like the yeah. Christmas of the offense. It just felt like we knew what we were doing. You could see that the wide receivers were getting the proper dip, um, that there weren't a lot of false starts, holding penalties, things of that nature that show that there's an understanding of what's going on with offensive execution. 
Uh, I like the tight end play. I thought every one of those guys showed that they have the capability of being. Brandon Frazier sticked out to me. He really did, didn't he? And, Tyler Fromm. Tyler Fromm put a move on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> put that old stanky leg on him. You know, I, I was really surprised at, at the athleticism that the tight ends displayed. Quarterbacks, it's really hard to tell in a spring game because yeah. so much of that is scripted. They're showing it's very vanilla on defense. And what they're not being able to show you right now is who knows the most about the offense. When blitzes are coming and the defense are making changes in the back end and they're rotating their safeties and everything else that goes with that in an actual SEC game, you're not seeing that right now. So if adjustments need to be made in play calls or alignments or shifts and protections, you just didn't see a lot of that from the quarterbacks. What I thought you did see were people that, you know, I mean, for what they were given, they understood where to go with the football. Now, was it always on time? Was it always accurate? No. But they knew where to go, which means that they're learning on the whiteboard as far as the execution of the offense is concerned. I think you'll get a clearer picture of that, obviously, in the fall when Zach Calzada's in the mix. Yeah. Um, and I think what's, what I did take away from quarterback is Robbie Ashford is an exceptional athlete. And I have to take ownership of this. And I'm gonna, I, I hope Robbie doesn't watch the podcast. And if he does, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> but when we took his commitment, I texted Jay Lee immediately and I said, premature take. I'm going to say right now, I was wrong, period. That kid is an exceptional athlete. He showed a lot of progress in his, you know, three weeks on campus in spring. I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. I don't know that he can start next year and overtake Zach or TJ, but – what he showed me are capabilities of being a true power five quarterback and having the capability of really playing that position. He's not just an athlete. So that's I what I didn't think he was. That's right. What, yep. I'm with you, Jay Lee. I didn't think, I thought he's an athlete. You know, we don't really need this guy. You know, you've already got a D Davis. Well, what he showed me is he's, he's, he far exceeds what D was capable of. He's got a nice upside to him. He just needs to be developed a little bit longer. He needs some of that gestation. Yeah. So I walked away with it from positives. Obviously, there's some negatives. I mean, you saw TJ lock onto a receiver. You saw him stand on his back foot and try to trust his arm and overthrow a couple things. You saw the run, the offensive line not be able to get a ton of push in the run game. But how much of that is because personnel wasn't there? How much of that was, you know, the, the defense knew what was coming because the play calls were so vanilla. You know, so I think there's positives and negatives to take away. But the the overarching thing to me was we looked better. We look like we understand scheme-wise what we're supposed to do. Now it's just about getting guys healthy and improving um, our personnel packages through the transfer portal this offseason. Hmm. Well, you know, we weren't expecting a big group of uh, – a large group of recruits to be there Saturday, and there really wasn't. But there were some there were some guys there. Uh, Sham was uh, there from yeah. – Denmark. 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 That's cool. And if I'm not mistaken, was his teammate there with him? I think D. Creighton was was scheduled to be there, but I don't know if he actually he, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. But yes, that's who that was. I knew there was two guys coming from uh from Denmark. Yeah. Ho- home of uh former Auburn quarterback commitment. Aaron McLaughlin. Aaron McLaughlin. There yeah. you go. Who I think he's in that NC State or somewhere? Yeah, but he he did. Just, he's already did in the transfer he's... portal. Yeah. <laughs> was it Jacksonville State? Was that Dude, that was such a Gus recruit, wasn't it? I mean, come on, dude. 
mean, I mean, I ain't hating on you, big dog, Aaron McLaughlin, but I mean, that was that was one of those guys. Listen, that was one of the guys when I interview. I, I've interviewed many, many, many quarterback recruits, right? And you yeah. know when you're talking to a leader, and you know when you're talking to they got that mentality to be a leader uh, at the college level. And right. at no point in my time of interviewing this cat who was committed to Auburn for I don't know how long, two damn years it felt like, <laughs> did I say, this is the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and again, dude, listen, he's better than me. <laughs> Look, yeah, listen, but, there, you know, Gus went on a streak there with him and Chael Garnett and Tyler Queen and a handful of others where it was just, you know. You know, these days I would like to sit down with him and say, what were you thinking? Like, man, I I don't know. That, he missed on too many quarterbacks and Aaron McLaughlin being, I guess, the latest. He actually signs uh, Well, he, he ended up dropping – when Chad Morris came in, they dropped Aaron McLaughlin and picked up D. Davis. So Okay. I guess technically you got to give him credit for that, but D's now transferred out, and I think he's probably going to land at a Memphis. They, they, you're right. Like I think right. D is going to University of Texas San Antonio. Is that where he's going now? Damn, I believe so. Definitely Which a dropping competition. Actually, a great fit because they were what like undefeated last year. I think, I think. so. Either undefeated or one loss. I can't exactly lost remember. at the end or something like that. Yeah, it, Coach Trailer out there has really done a good job on elevating that program. It's, it's where an is up this coming program? UTSA. Okay. It's it's an up and coming program over there in Texas. They, they, they compete against uh Alpha Chi and Kappa Sig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh so who else was there, Cole, at the eight? I know Sham was there. We talked to oh Kai Preen. Yeah, Kai Preen. Isaiah Robinson, Troy uh, Bowles. Troy Bowles. Yes. yes. Those are high-quality high guys. There wasn't a quantity of people there, but quality. When you're talking about Kai Preen, he is absolutely a top target. Uh, Troy Bowles, probably the number yeah. one linebacker on the board. Man, Christian Robinson was all over him. And he, yeah. they, they really they, – they've got a really good relationship. Was, uh, I expect him to come back, if for no other reason, just out of respect for C-Rob. Um, you can't – uh, really close. You can't forget – Auburn Brock Glenn. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Let's, let's talk that. about old Brock Auburn. No, I'm sorry. Auburn Brock Glenn. Auburn yes. Brock. <laughs> so, so I went back in my Twitter. I was actually messaging him after the visit, and it popped up that I had already, I forgot all about this. I, I messaged this kid back in February or March because that was when the first time, I don't know, Jay Hit, if that was you or somebody, but it was enough for me that to reach me. out and say, Hey man, are you hearing from Auburn? He was like, Yeah, I kind of hear from you know every once in a while. I was like, and I, I never responded. So obviously it wasn't like, yeah, man, I talk to him every day. So I just kind of forgot about this guy, right? And then we know Chris Christopher Vizina visited Auburn, I think once or twice during the spring. And yeah. Auburn was probably in his, you know, legitimately a top two or three team for him, but he committed yeah. to Clemson. You saw Brock Glenn come in, and that was Auburn was had the foresight to go, we're not going to get Vecina. We're not going to put all our eggs in that basket. Let's bring in Glenn, who's obviously our number two. Let's get him on mm -hmm. campus. Let's, 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 let's view him up and down. Let's get to know him face-to-face. -face. And then if we like him, we'll offer him, make him hard, uh, and push hard for him. And apparently that's what happened. Yeah. Didn't, didn't yeah. realize all the history that his family had had with Auburn enough to freaking name him Auburn. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. When we saw him, he had on his, his name tag on the sidelines before the game, and it was like Brock Glenn. Yeah. I think there was a, it was in the middle. Of course, that was wrong. That's his first name. Auburn is his first name. Uh, but yeah, so his family's all Auburn, according to Brock. His grandfather graduated in 1963 from veterinary school. Was big, you know, big Auburn family. Uh, he's in Memphis, but he said, you know, when I told him I was coming to Auburn, they all said, load up, let's go. And they all came down for a day game. Brock Glenn left with an offer, I think on Sunday. And you got to think Auburn's a really good spot for him. Now, I don't know much about him as a player. I haven't watched his video or anything like that. That's for you guys. I just know I, I felt like after talking to him, messaging with him for several days that I, I would probably – I'm not going out on a limb here by saying Auburn's the team to beat in my opinion. No, definitely not. I think Auburn is the team to beat. Um, I, I don't know if I told you about him, Jeffrey, or maybe we just heard about him around the same time. But he was a name that came up a little while back because I think I had was just looking through the quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that didn't have an offer yet. There's a couple other guys. And uh, I was curious, you know, Vizina's probably number one. You got Dante Moore from Michigan that came yeah. down. And, you know, that's that's kind of a not going to happen, one of right. those deals. <laughs> that's one of those. Hey, man, we got him on campus. That's pretty cool. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, let's be realistic. Yes. Right. Right. So more realistically, I was just curious, you know, you got this this really high board of quarterbacks. And another one was the guy that's committed to Tennessee now. I don't know how to say his name. Ian Maleva. I am a Maleva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I am a Maleva. Yeah. Yeah. I am, like. I am a Maleva, I think is how you say it. But, but anyway, I'm butchering it here. Look, we all know that my pronunciation – Slash pronunciation of names. Jeffrey can't – he can't take that. He can't handle that. Dude, I Let's mean, just move I'm on. not putting it past these parents these days. I am a believer. <laughs> That's his last name. Oh, okay, 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 okay. His first name is Nico. Oh, really? There we go. Let's, yeah, let's just stick with Nico. <laughs> Nico, ah. Uh, but anyway, yes. that, that was another guy, and, and, and the name Brock Glenn came up around that February, March time, and I, you know, I was like, okay. And then I heard more and more about him, like, okay, Vizina's probably number one. And realistically, if something doesn't go, you know, if we don't end up getting him, we probably move to Glenn. And there's about 10 other guys, but Glenn would be at the top of yep. that next tier. I was like, okay, interesting. And that that came to fruition this this past weekend. So hey, hey, what do you thought? What do you think about Brock Glenn? Is this a holding gardener? So I think so. I mean, it, listen, I've been very impressed with quarterback evaluations under this staff. I think they do a fantastic job of IDing guys that possess the traits that they want in a quarterback to be able to execute their offense. I heard about Glenn it, it, when me and you were having a conversation probably January, February-ish, and that our quarterback analyst, and I'm trying to think of his name, and his brother's the wide receiver coach at Ohio State. Hartline. Hartline. Yeah, Mike Hartline. Uh, was evaluating several guys that we had not offered yet, that our board at that time was Chris Vizina, Dante Moore, and Jaden Rashida. But they were evaluating several guys like Brock Glenn, Marcus Stokes, Ricky Collins Jr. out of New, out of New Orleans. Um, and that Glenn ended up being kind of the guy that they locked on to as, you know what, this is the guy we're going to pivot to if we don't feel like we're in it for one of our top, top of the board guys. 
So I started kind of to watch his tape, love his, his pocket mobility, the way mm-hmm. he moves, um, his throwing motion, uh, his ability to transfer his weight from his back to his front foot. I mean, he's, he's really technically sound. Doesn't have an overpowering arm, but has the kind of arm that can make every throw on the football field. And I think he's really improved. You know, a lot of these kids change. Their bodies change. They get stronger because the last thing we saw in them was six months ago at this point. I mean, I think the last time this kid played was November. Well, I don't know what you guys remember about being 17, but you change a lot from the November that you're 17 oh, going yeah. into the fall of turning 18. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you grow significantly. I think Auburn was very impressed by what they saw physically when he came on campus. Um he really had a standout showing at the recent Rivals five-star series camp down in New Orleans where he was the quarterback mm-hmm. MVP. He's set to compete in the Nashville Elite 11. Um, and I think this this is the kind of kid that's going to be a sleeper that they capitalized when they were in Boise. They always found quarterbacks that could produce. Always found quarterbacks that could get production out of. And I feel like he's very similar to Holden Gurner in that he's going to rise up the rankings once you kind of see him compete against some other national-level guys. And listen – Hey, this kid's like 6'2", 6'3", legit, man. I mean, I'm 6'1", yeah, yeah, with shoes on, and I was kind of looking up at him. He He's a big old boy. He's yeah. pretty tall, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but he, I was thinking the exact same thing. Harson, what, from what I know about Brian Harson and his history with or thinking back to boys, this is ex, this is prototypical quarterback, mm-hmm. yep. just like Holden Gurner is. Um, and I wonder if we're going to start to see these T.J. Finleys kind of being weeded out as he as he recruits and develops his his type of guys, yeah. If he sta- if if he stays here for the next four years, you're going to see that quarterback room flip on its head, guaranteed. Yeah, right. It's going to be filled with guys that are more in that holding guard. And now look, I think they're looking for guys that have athleticism. Sure. And when you watch both Holden and Brock's tape, you see functional athleticism. It's not like those guys are statues back there. In the right. They can move a little bit. Now they're not Bobby Ashford. Yeah, but they're not being leered. No, they're not being <laughs> No, no, no hey, hey. Stand- uh, no, no offense, man. You're my boy. Yeah, they're, well, they're not TJ <laughs> Finley. You know what I mean? Brandon Cox. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Even Zach Calzada can move. You know what I mean? He can he can evade the rush and has very good pocket mobility as far as that's concerned. So was extremely impressed with what I saw. I think, like I said, you're gonna see him as a guy that's gonna rise in the rankings. And Cole, I- I'm more interested to see what you saw in his cutups. I know you already been through it uh, oh yeah you thumb through them quicker than i do so well, i just you see i want to say first you know if if you're somebody who's not sure how to evaluate an evaluator if that makes sense like in other words you don't know you don't know how to trust our word on saying <laughs> oh harson's really good at evaluating quarterbacks he's really good at finding quarterbacks one of the main characteristics you can look for is go back and watch all of his quarterbacks they look like clones of each other almost they do the same things. They all work well in the pocket. They all make great decisions. They're all timely with their throws. If you look at people who maybe aren't great quarterback developers, and I'm not – we talked about Gus Malzahn earlier, you know, but they all look different. Every quarterback does something different. They do – they have different characteristics. They never yeah. hone in. To, right. Right. Well, you hit it to a T. I mean, it was just a mixed board of prospects that all did different things. Dual threat yeah. guy, pocket guy. You know, it was it was whoever we had the best chance of signing that year. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not calling anybody out here, but but when you see them all doing the same things, that means they're being coached to do that, right? Yes. Okay, so 
in that case, you can take a guy like Brock Glenn, who, in my opinion, is not as good as Christopher Vizina. Um, that doesn't make him that. Yeah, it's, I'm just being fair here, and I yeah. still think that Brock Glenn is a good quarterback prospect. I think he's one that could that could uh, benefit from a year or two being behind other quarterbacks and learning the system and and developing that arm talent. I think his arm talent's pretty good. I don't think he's um, he puts as much zip on the ball maybe as Holden Gurner. Um, but that decision-making, that pocket presence, th- those are the things that are really, really difficult to coach, and he's got that. And you can just see that he's such a good commander of the offense, and and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. And, and how quickly he gets to his second and his third reading, you can see yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of stuff is, is just not, it's not easy to coach at all. I mean, no. so you, you, you all, it makes me feel more comfortable that a staff – with Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw who have done this and showed results would take a guy like him. I think they will do well with a guy like him. I agree. And I think a lot of fans instantly want to try to compare him to Sean White and the kid's much bigger than Sean. And when I watch him on tape, it, and look, I know this is an Auburn podcast, but he reminds me of Matt Jones. At yeah. that age, the way he spins it, it's just not an overpowering arm, but an accurate arm and the ability to get it to all levels against the defense. He looks a lot like Mac at that age. Well, listen, I, I remember watching Mac uh, when he was coming out of high school and Alabama signed him. I'm always, you know, I'm always interested in the quarterbacks they signed. And uh, he didn't wow me. I mean, he was good. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Tua coming out of high school at all. But he was probably better than Tua by the time that he was playing over there. They just know how to develop the guys, and that's exactly what Harson knows how to do, and he's shown it so many times. And – uh I just, you know, I, I, and, and this is my kind of my point. I go back to Robbie Ashford, what you were saying. When I saw that, you know, at one time he was a target for Gus when, yep. when Gus was at Auburn, um, being right down the road from Hoover, a four-star guy. Um, I remember seeing him and going, ah, I just don't know if that's going to work out <laughs> with Gus, right? I don't mean that in a bad way. But knowing that Harson's picking the guy up, I say, okay, well, there might be something there. He's really athletic. I want to yep. see what they do with him, you know? That's kind of where I think we both stand on that. Right, Jay Head? I couldn't agree with you more, Cole. When you have somebody that you know has constantly or consistently gotten production out of the quarterback room, like they consistently at Boise State threw for around 3,000 yards and 20-plus yeah. touchdowns every season. Yep. I'm hoping that we get that this year out of out of Zach Calzada, and that's what I see in the future with Holden Gurner and a kid like uh, Brock Glenn. Yeah, Jay Head, I um, are you expecting Zach Calzada to be the quarterback September third? If he's not the starting quarterback September third, I anticipate him to be the starter by the time we play Penn State. I think there's a possibility that this quarterback competition could play out through the first two weeks. I, mean, I think we've got some lackluster opponents in San Jose State and, right. and Kennesaw State or something of that nature. So you could see multiple quarterbacks play in those first two games. But my anticipation is by the time we get to the meat of our schedule when we line up against Penn State, Zach Calzada is going to be the start. Me too. And, and, and I'm saying that not because of what Calzada done, just because I just don't see it with T.J. Finley. I just don't, man. I, I'm, I'm going Calzada by default. I, I, I appreciate yeah. the honesty. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's a, he, he's a guy, a serviceable back, serviceable serviceable backup. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I think, and I'm, I'm curious to see what Calzada looks like. I think he's more in the mold of what Brian Harson is recruiting right now. I think he's more in the mold yeah. of Olden Gurner Definitely. and Brock Glenn. So I think that uh, I, I think long, uh, big picture here. I think Zal Calzada is uh, presumed leader of this offense by the end of the year. I, I'm, I'm guessing Penn State game myself. Like you said, if uh, get some mop up duty, get some get in seeing multiple quarterbacks those first couple of games when it when it gets serious. Zach yeah, seeing what seeing what they do live. How do they make decisions? Because that's a big thing to Harson. He would have to tank, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Zach Calzada, in his time in those first two games, would absolutely have to tank for him not to be the starter come Penn State. In my opinion, yes. Hey, I, I, I think me so. too. I tell, I tell you what, I, I just hope by the Penn State game we don't see a three to four quarterback rotation with. With the fullback taking a snap and throwing it out of a pirouette or something like that. Hey, look, the Cox has a thing of beauty, it. Cole. Look, uh, that's that's something that's going to go down in history. It's one of the all-time uh, boneheaded play calls in Auburn football history. That, you can bank that on whole, that. That whole Clemson game where they were rotating quarterbacks the whole time. Gosh, three of them, three of them in the first. Sometimes you're just too smart, fellas. He's just too smart. He was way ahead of his time. <laughs> I'm telling you, way ahead. Brock Ooh. Glenn. Who else was there, Cole? Uh, Carmelo English? Uh, uh, Carmelo English. I believe he was there. He was there and released the yes. top five shortly thereafter. Yeah. Carmelo that, English, his second trip of the spring. He came earlier for a meet and greet with Ike Hilliard shortly after Hilliard was brought in. And I believe that was a practice. I don't know. I don't think that was a practice. I think he just came up to meet Mike, Ike Hilliard. And then came back Saturday uh, by himself. Obviously, Parker didn't come with him or anybody like that. I think there might have been an underclassman with him. But I thought that was big, man. I, to me, he's a dude they can get, and he's a dude they really need, right? Wide receiver's yeah. a big 100%. One. And I think, he, I think he has definitely more gettable than he was two or three months ago right now. No chance yeah. two months ago. No, not at if all. If you had asked me, I would have said, hell no. Yeah. On any of the kids from Phoenix. Right. So that's the right. exact answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I think I think Tamari and Parker are still in that. I I don't think I don't think he'll visit Auburn. I don't. Um I'm no. but Carmelo with Ike Hilliard with uh, immediate playing time close to home. And um I feel like Auburn will be in that one till the end. Mm-hmm. Big another big visit. Like I said, there was maybe five or six big time guys there. Not a lot, but the uh, the quality was certainly there. And we might start seeing some decisions. We know we we talked about um, Joshua Horton said commitment soon, although he just released a top ten. Kind of that's kind of the, the the status quo these days with these recruits. They want to get their top ten out, then their top five, and then their yeah. commitment. You know, they they want to get all their stuff. Um, so that yeah, was kind of, yeah. in my opinion, uh, Bo, uh, Joshua Horton top 10 is the first step in the process of committing. Uh, he's got his yeah. commitment and you know, he just wants to do, he, he wants to go do his checklist. Uh, Brock Glenn told me, um, he's got the Nashville elite 11 and May 15th. And it's going to be soon after that, basically at the end of, end of May. So maybe another month, five or six weeks before Brock Glenn is uh, ready to go. Jay, who was, um, who, who are the other schools in there with him? 
So it's Missouri, Oklahoma State, and Mississippi. OK State. State. He wanted to visit OK State, and he was going to compete in Elite 11. Mississippi State, OK State, Missouri. That's right. And if you look at who the head coaches are at each of those three schools, they've all had success in developing quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think anybody can debate the fact that Mike Leach has produced a quarterback in every nah. season that he's yeah. ever been the head coach. Is Gundy still at OK State? Oh, yeah. I'm a man. I'm 40. Still going to yeah. OK State. He's, 50, I'm a man. he's, 50, I'm he's 55 by now, ain't he? <laughs> at least. He, he had that flowing mullet about two seasons back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perm in that thing. And then, of There's course, somebody, drink with somebody on our, our board was – uh, somebody on our board was like, man, anybody that the Pirate wants, that quarterback, that's who I want. That's, <laughs> I a, like, that's a pretty good what? source reference yeah. to on your resume, isn't it? It sure is. So. <coughs> I would say so. And look, Eli, Eli, Missouri is no slouch when it comes to, no, uh, yeah, to quarterback team. evaluation. I mean, I think he's done a, a really good job at Missouri to this point. So, three good, uh, four good schools all in the mix there. I like where Auburn stands at this time. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think something dramatic would have to change for us not to land Brock Lynn's signature come 1st of June, I, I think, probably. I think he might take another visit or so maybe back to Auburn back into May. Um, and then maybe we can kind of get that one in the fold and, and work on another guy who's the running back out of uh, Montgomery, Jeremiah Cobb. Oh, Jeremiah Cobb. Making a decision. Yeah. Jeremiah Cobb. You've already got an official visit on the books from our big offensive lineman out of Florida, Clay Whedon. Yeah. He mm -hmm. may make a decision after that's done. I mean, you're right. I think you're starting to see people start to narrow the board down. And like we talked about before, I don't think this staff is going all in saying, hey, we got to have 20 commitments by the time we get to Auburn. I no. don't think that's the case at all. I think they want to get about eight to ten guys that build the face of the class and then put themselves in the best position they can with some of those high-profile prospects they really want. Do we have right. a position five to two this week? We do. We have a wide receiver. Speaking of. Hmm. I was thinking well, – I can think of three I would probably put my put on my list, and that's Nakai Poole, Carmelo, yep. Yep. the Lockhart kid. I'd put him on there just because he's going to be part of that group. He's yep. going to be a kid you take later. Kai Preen. Kai Preen. Uh, who's the kid from Tennessee who's in the NFL now? He kind of plays running back wide receiver. He's number Kamara? Two. No. Alvin Kamara? Now, he was a, he was a, um he's a JUCO kid that went to Tennessee. He's now in the NFL. He's really good in fantasy. I wish I had him a couple of times because you could. Are slide you talking him. about the kid from oh, the Cordero Patterson? Cordero yeah. Patterson. Yes, I thought he was going to come to Auburn at one point. So Cordero Patterson was the guy who was brought who, who was mentioned to me when I asked about Kai Preen. Um, obviously, Auburn's recruiting him at wide receiver, but man, he can do a little bit of everything. He's a really good athlete. He can play running back if you needed him to. But that was the the, the name that was thrown at me when I was asking about Kai Preen, Cordero Patterson. Uh, hmm. could, could you know how he does? He he can he can run the football. He can catch the football. He can do a little bit of everything if you need him to. Yeah, but that, that yes, was I, good. I would put Count Capri on my wide receiver list. I tell you what, Malik uh, is it Malik Benson? Yeah, he's a JUCO kid. Yeah. Now I think yeah. he had a top five that excluded Auburn not too long ago. Did he? I, I believe he dropped a top five that excluded Auburn. Um. I had a hard time probably with the with the fifth name, and that's why I put Jelani Thurman, who's a hybrid wide receiver slash tight end. 
Because I think we're going to take, if we take Jelani Thurman, I don't think we're taking him as the only tight end in this class. I think a guy like the, uh, the kid that just visited from out in Arizona, and that was a massive visit to get him here, we're going to take two. Oh, tight Auburn's on there. Yeah, Auburn made it. I'm looking at it right here. Did he? Oh, hey, I mean, there's a, it's like a top 20, dude. But yeah, Auburn. <laughs> is that what it is? It's 11, top 11. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida State, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11. Yeah. So Auburn's still in it with him. And I, I only put him on there because I talked to him. And this was back, I think, when Auburn offered and he was planning on taking a visit. Obviously, his recruitment has blown up since then if he's got those schools oh, yeah. in there. Uh, I'll give you uh, I'll give you another name too uh, to add to the list would be William Foles from. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, he was in, in Auburn's top group. I mean, Auburn was in. His he top was. Group. Yeah, he was on my back end, and he's had what got UCF, Miami, Auburn, and and one other in his top group. Cole, is that right? Yeah. Well, actually, UCF did not make it. They are the leader. On the RPM, the recruiting prediction machine, they did not make his top 10. Um, USF made it. Okay. Interesting. I have heard that a coach may be by to see him um, when they get on the road here. So that, that's a guy to keep in mind, too. Um, I think he's a pretty big target. Who just this? hasn't? William Foles. William Foles, okay. I don't I think, think he's. He, um, He's a good-looking kid, good athlete. That's for Has sure. Has Auburn offered him yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. We've offered, um, and I think eval season in and of itself is going to be really interesting for this. Oh staff. yeah, I know him. Yeah, I believe it was Rock Bill and Tony that 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 offered him when he was making his uh, you know rounds through the state of Florida and finding some guys there. So he's a guy to keep an eye on too. I think he would be low on my list, but. Definitely one to, to uh, think about. And and he wants to visit, and, and I know that the coach is probably going to be about to see him, so definitely a guy there. And he's a good player. His his highlights are excellent. Yep, and he's a guy that hasn't made it to campus yet, so they probably don't have an official height and weight on him. So it's good to kind of eyeball and see him in person. Yeah, you know, I, I tried to get in touch with him to see what was going on. I believe his phone was broken. Uh, in there. And actually was. You've heard, you hear that, but I think it actually was. It actually was. Just now getting back to having a phone. So, um, I feel you, Big John. Talked on, I talked to him on Twitter a little bit about that. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see if they do the old cylinder block test with him, you know, where they put you against yeah. the brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. Tie right. the other end to your tally you whacker. Could, do what, buddy? Tie the one end of the rope to the tally whacker and the other. <laughs> To the uh, no, so, so, Revenge of the uh, Nerds or something. Y'all remember yeah. that? You put them up old on the school. ledge. Oh, it's old, old school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so old. My, my old school was Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> uh, so, it, it, a scouting trick, I actually saw it done in person. So, you know that a cylinder block is 12 inches, right? So <laughs> I didn't know kid's that. Claiming, yeah, so if a kid's claiming he's six foot one and he's not taller than that six line against a cylinder block wall, then you know he's lying uh-huh. about his height. So, that's an old school evaluation trick. I had, a, had an interesting conversation with the guys in the player personnel world and kind of some of the things they go through, how they eval things, the things they're setting up, you know, making sure you're doing it right because you're at a track practice at 6 that morning and, and hopefully catching a football practice by 6 that afternoon. So yeah, right. a lot of interesting evaluation that's going to be going on from this staff with guys they haven't been able to get on, on campus just yet. 
Hey, uh, we got Easter weekend coming up, so I got to get on the road. But I will say this: next week we're going to be a more liberal uh, liberty when it comes to when and where and how long we can re record. We're going to get a new producer next week. Um, yeah. I, I just learned that today, so we'll uh, we might even go two a week if we if, if we if we've got the material for it. How about that? Hey, uh, any closing thoughts? I want to get to some how about you's, but. Jay Head, I know you came in late. Is anything you want to get in before we get off? Just to say how big, once again, getting a commitment from T-Love is. Interested to see how, you know, I mean, what the next domino, who the next domino is right. to fall. Is that Jeremiah Cobb? Is that, you know, his teammate at Langston Hughes? You know, how quickly do we get Brock Glenn into the mix? That's, that's kind of the building the baseline of this class, and that's really where I'm kind of interested at. And then who gets an offer coming out of eval season? Who's a guy that we're looking at or maybe we ramp up communication with because, hey, we saw this guy in live in action, and he's better than we thought. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my closing thought for, uh, for this episode. Eval season starting April 15th, which today? is today. What, there tomorrow? For the listeners well, today, today, for those that are listening. Yeah. Um, how about you, Cole? Yes, I got one. As right. per usual, uh, Skinny's Pimp. Oh, man. Yep, that's my guy, man. He, he's He's been on it this week. He's been all over it. I always like what – I can't, he makes me laugh every time. It never fails. Everything he says is hilarious to me. Um, and for God's sakes, give Sean Jackson the football for his – for his sake. <laughs> Man, every time I see Skinny's pimp post, I just want to say Doc Dumpster. That's Come on, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Doc, yeah. Jay Head, what you got? You got anybody this week? Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna tip my hat to Swamp Eagle. Okay, uh, nice. I oh. felt like he's uh, had some good perspective this past week as far as uh, checking expectations and basically having the viewpoint of things are never as bad as they seem or never as good as they seem. Just, you know, kind of let things play out. So, I think that's a good perspective to have this time of the year. Okay, I've got a few. I've got um, Smoke One, who uh, is probably a multi. How about you, guy? By now, but man, he he uh, really gave us a big, big thump, big two thumbs up uh, about a recruiting coach. Really appreciate what he uh, what he said. Mountain Hunter fifty six, appreciate you, man. Big how about you to you? Big how about you to uh, the name? I saw this the other day. I was like, man, this is guy. This is how about you worthy? It's Jordan. Not Jordan. It's Jordan, not Jordan. But he spelled it the same. Well, it's, uh, it's spelled the same. I thought it was pretty, uh, like it. pretty witty. Uh, yeah. How about you to a thorn at horn? And uh, how about you to JMB eleven? How about you to Tumors Trees ninety one? Yeah. And then I've got how about you to Barton Lester, man. I don't know why, but I wrote it down. He's a big uh, – I've always been a big fan of Martin Lester. I'm a fan of the walk-ons, man. Always have been. <laughs> he's a, a, he a fan of the show? I don't – yes. Let's just say he is. He's a huge okay. fan. He always listens. He's texting <laughs> me right now. wanting to know if he can come on the show. I, that I believe. That hey, I believe. And listen, uh, a real world how about you two? This dude named Tucker Posey, man. I dropped my notebook Saturday at the A-Day game, and he found it. And he was like, hey, I think I, I have no idea how he knew it was me. I found your notebook. And I was like, cool, man. He goes, I'll drop it by. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'll come get it. He's like, no, nah, I'm about to go out. I said, well, cool, I'll, I'll leave you a couple of dollars in my mailbox, bring it by, drop it off, because I'm, I'm going to be gone. 
he was like, nah, man, don't worry about it, dude. With me and my buddy, we read all your stuff. We got plenty of basketball scoop and we good. <laughs> I said, hey, man, respect, big dog. Drop it in. He, he did. And he left my money in there, too. How about that? Yeah, he, he got, he read all, he read through my notebook and all the scoops. I said, I'm good, dude. <laughs> oh. hey, that reminds me, Jay Lee, one more uh, horse trainer, I believe is his username. Met him this weekend at the 8 game. He 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 recognized me out of a crowd. That's the first time, probably the last time that'll ever happen. So that was awesome, man. I talked to him for a good bit. He's he loves what we do over here and 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 we love him for that. So that's oh, awesome. Appreciate so you having you rascal flats when he saw you. Yeah. He's like, hey. <laughs> um, all right, man. I'm 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 seriously about to wet my britches. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I gotta get on the road. We're going everybody have I hope y'all have a happy Easter, man. Hope you spend time with your loved ones, your family, whatever uh, people closest to you. We're going to be back next week with some more recruiting intel for Cole Pinkston, for Jay Head. I'm Jeffrey Lee. Please stay out of the left lane. It's mine. See you.